This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? This is Matter of Theology, that place where theology matters because everything is, in fact, a matter of theology. I'm your host, Drew, and I'm here, of course, with my co-host, Chris. Josh, we miss you, bro. Bruh. 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 Like, we need to have a talk with your boss, man, like scheduling you to work at all the wrong times. Uh Dude, I will say, man, I, I know Josh is upset about having to work Sundays too. Um, oh yeah. So this past Sunday, I was thinking it's about been it. nuts, man. It's 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 been nuts. The world is crazy. Stores are places are shutting down again because of a quote unquote pandemic. Yeah. Even though you, the death rate's lower than it has been since March. You, you <clears throat> notice how they're measuring, right? They're not measuring anymore by. Uh, hospitalizations and deaths they're me- measuring now by just confirmed cases well exactly because the, you can't <laughs> ignore the fact that the infection rates high but the death rates low right that's right anyway uh but yeah anyway <laughs> moving on uh we are on patreon uh so if you'd like to partner with us head on over to patreon.com slash matter of theology uh, become a subscriber i think i'm going to start uploading our conversation chronicles onto there. That's a good idea. We, we are four episodes deep. Um, we we've got the prolegomena dealing with first things. Uh, that's episode one. Episode two. No, we're are we three episodes? Yeah, yeah. We just yeah we just you did, did the first I, one by yourself. Why did I put? You know, when I posted it, I put episode four. <laughs> that's next time that's the one i'm really looking forward to yeah i confuse myself so we've got we've got the prolegomena uh laying a foundation dealing with first things uh we've got episode two which is coming together in the conversation uh to pray and to establish our standard and all this is centered around beginning the conversation of uh talking about race and racism throughout the country uh in america right now uh and then episode three we just recorded and posted with our friend killian uh and that is on listening and dealing with an individual's experience we don't want to uh hold to standpoint epistemology uh we don't Amen. want to we don't want to just view everyone's experience uh, as though it must be absolutely accepted as gospel. We actually want to be able to ask questions to find out if this experience was just whatever they were saying it was. Um, but we want to do it lovingly. Uh, we want to do it from a from the lens of Scripture. Uh, so I'm thinking about about putting those those up on our Patreon. But I think you should. But uh, I mean, they are on our on our Facebook page. That's the first place I load them. Facebook page, and then uh, I haven't uploaded the third one to uh, to YouTube yet, but I will. Um, so partner with us on Patreon if you would like to just donate money to us. Uh, reach out to us to how you can do that. Uh, you probably noticed that I have not mentioned Faithful Life Ministries uh, in a while. And that is because we are actually coming under the umbrella 
of Cruciform Ministries led by Brandon Scalf. Now we've been doing some work with Brandon Scalf. We've Chris and I have have spoken at some so, some virtual conferences that he, that he has done, um, and you know we just st- struck up this friendship and uh, you know just had all these ideas and and Chris is actually the director of Cruciform Ministries. Yes, sir. Yeah, so you deal a lot with the conferences and, and things like that. Um, and so, that I do. Yep, and so we are partnering with them. Uh, so Faithful Life Ministries is no more, but that's okay because God has opened many doors. Uh, I'm just going to say things, things are happening that only God could put into motion. Uh, and they're happening pretty rapidly. So, uh, very stay, rapidly, very rapidly. So stay tuned. Um, I'm not going to give all the other stuff away yet. Uh, we want to get some things set in stone first, but, uh, one thing, since we are under, uh, cruciform ministries partnered with them, uh, or I guess we are now a part functioning of, of cruciform ministries. Um, we want to pitch the Cruciform Conference that is in That's October. Right. Uh, who's going to be at that conference, man? Oh, brother. Uh, we've got uh, Justin Peters, Anthony Mathenia, Brandon Scalf, uh, Kofi, uh, our buddy Brad Weber from Theology Nights will be there. Um, Gabe uh, Hughes. I'm sorry, yes, yes, Pastor Gabe Hughes will be there. Uh, I will be preaching as well. Um, who am I forgetting, man? You put me on the spot. I wasn't ready. Let's just say there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of people coming, there's man. A lot and it's of uh the, the Lord is definitely moving in some some huge ways. We've got an online conference coming up at the end of this month entitled uh, The Gospel and Its Glorious Parts. Mm-hmm. And you're, uh, you're doing a, a portion of that as I well. I am preaching then as well on sanctification and glorification. Pray for me. Because <laughs> uh, I'm really starting to dig in and study for that now. And man, digging into the doctrine of sanctification and glorification in one sermon. Yeah. Uh, that's like a 30,000 foot view of it. But at the same time, um, I'm going to kind of uh, not, I'm not going to go a different direction with it because there's really only, only two ways you can define sanctification specifically. But we're going to start from a place that a lot of people don't typically when they talk about sanctification. So anyway, I'll, I'll just leave it at there. Uh, but Kofi, our buddy Kofi, I can't pronounce Kofi's last name. I'm sorry, Kofi, if you listen to this. I love you. You know I do. Um, but uh, Brandon, Kofi, myself, and, and a few other guys uh, will be uh, speaking at this one. So, uh, And you can just find that on the Cruciform Ministries or Cruciform Conferences uh, Facebook page, Twitter page, or Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all dude, that info is there. Go ahead. Big conference. Big online conference. In I was December. just about to go there, bro. Uh, in December. In December, we have got a conference. And look... Uh, and this is what's on so the awesome. correct on the correct oh eschatology. Gosh, would you stop? Uh, look, uh, we are doing a conference in December on uh, post-millennialism, um, and um, man, uh, things exploded with this one. Uh, we've got Gary Demar, mm-hmm. we have got Jeff Durbin, mm-hmm. and Doug Wilson. Doug Wilson. Uh, we'll be, we'll be speaking. Um, and it's odd for me because yes, uh, I am a historic pre-millennialist. Um, and, uh, who lives you know, like a post mill, which is, no, so- I don't see. And that's, we see, had this conversation the, the other day. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, I, I think you guys are taking, taking the, the dispensational pre-millennial view and, and, and attributing that to the historic pre-mill because the historic pre-mill and the post mill are pretty similar in worldview, except for when Christ returns. We're not going to get into it on this episode, but I think maybe we should eventually. Eventually. When, when, but, when we have time. But we also have to discuss uh, the leading up to the reasons of Christ's return. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I'm just going to say. Anyway, it's a huge conference, and it was, uh, and it's, it's one of those things that I heard a, uh, a pretty well-renowned uh, worship leader years ago he he would get questions all the time like how do i get discovered you know and all this stuff and 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 he uh he would remind people look uh the lord found david in a sheep pen he can find you where you are 
Um, and when he wants something to happen, he'll make it happen. And this is one of those things that, um, you know, through the course of 2020 and all of the nonsense and craziness that we've experienced in the world with uh, COVID and uh, riots and protests and everything else, um, the Lord is building his church and, uh, and it's beautiful to see. And it's in, in as, as hard and as just absolutely crazy this year has been for some people. Um, it, it, it's awesome to see what the Lord is doing because he is, uh, he is just absolutely uh, building his church and, and, and moving in great and mighty ways and putting things together that, that you and I would have never, ever, you know, at this time last year, we would never would have thought we'd be doing what we're doing right now. So uh, that's all by the grace of God. That is not any of our doing because uh, as Charles Spurgeon says, uh, if we can screw it up, we will. That's right. <laughs> so, that's right. That's right. What'd you so, go grab there, buddy? I just went to grab a book. We'll get into it. But uh, <clears throat> um, so yeah. So 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 there is no more faithful life ministries. Uh, even though that is a dynamite name, it is such a good name. Um, be a good name for a church too. It would be a good name for a church. Yeah, we should think about planting one. <laughs> call it call it Faithful Life Church. <laughs> but. Uh, so, so we're under Cruciform Ministries, and we're also a part of the Christian Podcast Community. Yeah. Uh, so, if you want more Christian podcasts, you don't want to be regulated to just us. Um, go check them out. They've got a whole cavalcade of Christian podcasts for you to yeah, choose from. Do. Yep. But today, on this episode, now we had to call an audible. It's a good segue, by the way. Thank you. Um, we were going to talk about, we, we were going to revisit our ecclesiology study with the sacrament of baptism, but the guest we were going to have on has some guests in town, and so he wasn't able to come on. So we had to call an audible, and we- That's a good audible. I've been wanting to talk about this, as you yeah. will soon see. Yeah. And so today- we decided that we were going to talk about what it means to have courage and be courageous in your faith, especially in the time we live right now. Um, I mean, if we look out in the culture, it, it looks like it's too easy to just join in with all the other voices. If you're a part of the church, it's too easy uh, to join in with all the other churches that are capitulating to the culture um, and, and actually holding unbiblical worldviews. Mm -hmm. um, so we wanted to come on and we wanted to talk about what it means to have courage, to actually stand up and be bold in God's word, what God says to do, Despite what everyone else says, despite if people come against you, despite if people want to disassociate with you, um, despite being hated by the world, right? right? I mean, it, as and this was when we were talking about this, coming up with this idea. You know, Chris and I, we talk every day, but uh, you know, one of the one of the conversations, you know, I, I, you know, the famous quote, I said. As long as you please God, it doesn't matter whom you displease. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our first focus here as Christians is to be Bible men who seek to honor God by standing on his word and living it out. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. And that's that, that, that's a good word, brother. That's, um, you know, and I, something that... Uh, I said when we were talking to Killian, um, uh, when we recorded uh, our episode for the Conversation Chronicles, is that we're seeing so many um, lies today, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, it's unreal. It's We don't know who to trust, right? I, and I mentioned it a minute ago. We, we've, got, we've got everything from a global pandemic in COVID-19 to, uh, you know, the death of Mr. George Floyd and all that that has sparked uh, concerning uh, ethnic relations in our country and everywhere else. And, you know, you, you're, you're hearing and seeing things on the news left and right. I remember, in back, you know, back in March and April and uh, with COVID, it's like information changed every single day. 
Um, and, and so you didn't know what to believe. You didn't know who to believe. And, and I even said this, uh, I said this as well when we were talking to Killian is you have religious leaders and pastors who, um, uh, to use your word and Nick's word have capitulated to, uh, buy into worldly narratives and ideologies that are absolutely 110% antithetical to what the Bible teaches in every way, shape, and form. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things that we as believers, yes, it starts with, it starts with the men and, and amen, brother. I'm glad you said that, but we as believers, we need to have courage. We've got to stand up. Uh, and the Bible is full of, uh, of imperatives, um, indicatives, uh, interrogatives that speak to this. Uh, the Bible's clear. We are to be people of courage, and we don't rely on our own strength, but we rely on what God has done, what he has accomplished, um, and what we see in his word. So I'm going to get into that um, here in a minute, man, but I'm going to pause right there, man. And what, what, what you got? I, I see, yeah. you, I see you thinking over there. Now, so, so you asked about the book that I went and grabbed off the shelf Yeah. and uh, you know, this is one of my, my textbooks going through uh, my undergrad and it's called courageous faith life lessons from old Testament heroes. And it's, it's written by uh, Ed Henson. Now uh, Ed Henson is sadly a, dispensational premillennialist. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and I've got, I've got Gosh. some books he's, he's written on revelation. On Brand, Brandon's too. created a monster and in, in he's, he's, he's awakened the monster in you. <laughs> but, uh, but, but in this book, it basically just walks through, uh, those people of the old Testament and shows how they had courageous faith. They actually stood upon what God told them to do. So, so, for instance, you've got Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, uh, Joshua, Gideon. Uh, I, mean, I mean, and the, the list just goes on. Boaz, David, Jonathan, Daniel. I mean, now let's, let's just talk about Daniel for a minute, right? Israel's been taken captive by Babylon, and they're all commanded to worship Nebuchadnezzar. They have to eat certain things, and they have to. Uh, they have certain laws that they have to follow. But what does Daniel do? He says, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, nope, nope, not me." Uh, he's told not to pray. What does he do? Praise. He prays. Uh, I mean, he, that is a man that cannot go against his God. Absolutely. Well, and when you look at in the Hebrew, well, and, and let's back up the word courage, right? Um, is it's, it's, it's defined in scripture as, as having heart, valor, or bravery. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you see the word courage, uh, for instance, in passages like Deuteronomy 31, six, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail or forsake you. And, 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 and in the Hebrew, the word courage means to be strong, alert, courageous, brave, stout, bold, solid, right? To strengthen, to secure, uh, to harden, to make firm, to, to make obstinate, to assure, uh, to be absolutely determined, um, you know, to, to, to prove superior, to exhibit strength, and to feel strong. Um, and we see that in, 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 in verses like, uh, like Deuteronomy 31.6, but we also see it in places like uh, 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 Joshua 10.25. It says, then Joshua said to them, do not fear or be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. For thus the Lord will do to all your enemies with whom you fight. Um, and I, I mean, if you were to, if you were to do a word search um, in Scripture uh, using a using a Bible app like like Logos or uh, the Literal Word app or uh, something like that, then you would see that that the Old Testament is replete with this imperative. This is a this is a a, a command. This is a verb. This is this is an action that you take. You are to be strong. 
You know, the, and in Psalm 27, that, that psalm is entitled a psalm of fearless trust in God. And, and, and just for the sake of time, I won't read it, but you should go read it. But specifically, verse 14 says, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. What you got, man? Uh, yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> one of the things we fail to do today is have courage. We're so consumed with wanting to be liked by everybody. We want to be liked by the people we go to church with. We want to be liked by our pastors. We want to be liked by the people we work with. We want to be liked uh, by the culture, by our friends, by our family. We want to be accepted. We want to be uh, put on a pedestal, I guess. Uh, approved. Yeah, that's a good word. Approved uh, for the things that we do, the things that we say. Uh, the problem is once we seek after that, that is an instance of pride because we're wanting to elevate ourselves, but we're also making an idol out of everyone else because we're seeking their approval for everything that we do and everything that we say, um, whether it be right or wrong. One of the hardest things to do is to stand up be bold and do and or and or say what god says is the right thing that's right regardless of what everyone else says amen well what we need is is fortitude um and you know fortitude is defined as firmness uh, strength, uh, uh, a firmness and strength of soul that faces danger with courage and bears loss and pain without complaint. So, so uh, you know, to quote Dr. John MacArthur, uh, he says this, quote, when you say a man has fortitude, you're talking about someone who doesn't compromise even when there's danger, even when that danger escalates to fear and pain. Fortitude is the combination of conviction, courage, and endurance. Conviction, courage, and endurance. It is the willingness. It is not just the willingness. I would, I would say it's even the desire to risk, to literally create challenges if they're not already there, to attack difficulty, to challenge difficulty head on, to bear suffering with courage. Mm -hmm period, close quote. And that's from Dr. MacArthur's sermon, Act Like Men, that he gave on Father's Day of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, w one of the things that, that we can do um, in, in recognizing courage and seeing courage, we, and we can also, we can take it through the Old Testament, we can take it all the way through the New Testament with the persecution of, of Christians and Paul, and um, is we can see the courage through facing the enemies, right? You're it's taking what God says, and this is this is relying upon your faith. Faith is not just believing in the things you can't see, having a trust and a hope in the things you can't see, but it's actually living as though God's not a liar, and it's living as though what he says is true. So, Well, what, can I jump in for just two seconds, and then I'll hand it back to you, but mm -hmm. uh, that's Hebrews 11.1, 1, right? Faith mm -hmm. is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Mm -hmm. Um and it isn't just blind faith. It isn't just right. we have faith. It's faith. Faith is no greater than the object that your faith is in. Right. And if your faith is in Jesus Christ, that there is nothing greater. So right. sorry, man. Go ahead. That just made me. Right. No, 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 no. That, that that's good because when you ask people about faith, the, their typical response is that verse. Right. Well, it, it's hope in the things unseen. Yes, but but it's more than that because. The things that are unseen, what are we relying upon? We're relying upon a God that is real, that has spoken, and that we're living as though he does not lie. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but when you're facing the enemies, uh, Paul in, I mean, goes into a town, preaches the word, 
He's stoned. He's dragged out, left for dead. Now, anyone in their right mind would, once they're able to gather their strength and get up, would probably get as far away from that town as they could. Right. Courage stands up and goes right back into that town and continues to preach the gospel. Well, look at Acts 5, right? Right after the incident with Ananias and Sapphira, right? Mm -hmm. So right on the heels of that happening, uh, in Acts 5 and verses 7, starting verse 17, it says, but the high priest rose up, rose up along with all of his associates, that is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. They laid hands on the apostles and put them in public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates to the prison, taking them out. He said, go and stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message in this capital L life. Upon hearing this, they entered into the temple at day, about daybreak and began to teach. Now, when the high priest and his associates came, they called the council together, even all the senate of the sons of Israel, and sent orders to the prison house for them to be brought. But the officers who, who came did not find them in the prison, and they returned and reported back, saying, We found the prison house locked quite securely, and the guards standing at the doors. But when, uh, but when he had opened up, we found no one inside. Now, when the captain of the temple guard and the chief priest heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them who would come of this. But someone came and reported to them, These men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. The captain went along with the officers and proceeded to bring them back without violence, for they were afraid of the people that they might be stoned. So when they brought, that they brought them, they stood before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to continue preaching in this name, and yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. Mm -hmm. That's right. I know that was long, and I'm sorry. But that's exactly no, that's, what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. That's right. So, so courage in facing the enemy. But there's also a courage in accepting the consequence as well. Right. So now you just said that. Paul writing to Timothy, talking about the death that's going to come for him. Paul doesn't. Right, he doesn't say. Remember those guys when they prayed, and and the, the angel came and opened up the jail cell. Right, he doesn't say go get those guys and have them pray for me. He accepts the consequence of his courage. That's right. That's right. He accepts the consequence, and he of course encourages his young son in the faith, uh, Timothy, to be strong, to suffer hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ in Second Timothy two three. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word, man. That's a good word. And, and we have to remember that, that we, are, we are called to suffer. That's right. That's, that, that is something that as believers is going to happen. All right. So you look at uh, just, a, just a couple of passages here. Uh, John 15, right? You will be hated. John 15, starting in verse 18, says, If the world hates you, you know that it, is, it, it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Mm -hmm. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But mm -hmm. all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who sent me. That's right. Okay. And then in John 17, uh, Jesus, uh, in, in his, his famous, you know, high priestly prayer, but now I come to you and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. Mm -hmm. So we will face persecution. We will face heartache. We will face trouble. Um, if you know, you're not. Exactly. 
Uh, well, John 15 speaks to why not. Uh, if the world hates you, know that it's hated me. If you were of the world, uh, the world would love its own. That's right. If, if, if you are not... Uh, and this isn't, you know, again, this isn't, this isn't make it, you know, we're not trying to make people question their salvation or anything like that. But it's, again, it's always good to examine oneself, right? Mm -hmm. You have to ask yourself these questions. Mm -hmm. uh, are you speaking the truth of the gospel? And if you are, you're going to be persecuted. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. You know, Jesus said a famous verse, right? We all know this verse, John 16, 33. Um, these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. We need that. Notice the order that Jesus is saying this in. Mm -hmm. I, these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. What you got, man? That's right. Now, um, I mean, I really want to, to look at some people throughout history in the church that have exemplified courage. Um, they knew what God's word says and they didn't back down. Uh, and so the first one that comes to my mind is John Wycliffe, right? He's now Wycliffe at a time was, he sought to translate the Bible into English so that every person could have it in the English language. Everyone in England could have it in the English language. Cause at that time, the only, only ones that existed uh, were, were the Vulgate, the Latin Vulgate. Yep. Um, and well, most of the people couldn't read Latin and really a lot of the, uh, the, the clergy in the, in the, uh, Roman Catholic church, they really couldn't speak Latin. All they really had was, uh, uh, memorized prayers that they would, that they would say. Uh, so those who only, who really knew Latin were the ones who were the, the scholars, but Wycliffe wanted to translate the Bible from the Vulgate into the English language, and he was persecuted for it. Oh, he was, yeah, he was killed for it. He was, he was killed, and I always get him and, and Jan Hus uh, confused, but I, I believe it was, it was Wycliffe that uh, he was burned at the stake. He was, he was buried. Or no, he, 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 was, he was killed. He was buried. He was dug up. His body was burned to ashes, and then they dumped the ashes into the River Swift. Uh, he was strangled. Mm -hmm. uh, they poured gunpowder on him. I think you're thinking of who's. Uh, they poured gunpowder on him and then lit him ablaze. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, th yeah, yeah, uh, the rest of that's true. And that's courage, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's courage in the face of danger. That's courage in the face of loss and temptation and suffering and um that is that is being strong um as 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 first corinthians uh chapter 16 you know verses 13 and 14 be on alert stand firm in the faith act like men mm -hmm. be strong let all that you do be in love mm -hmm. right danger danger is around every every corner uh, and what an example of, uh, of, of John Wycliffe, you know, I think of Rogers, right. The first Marian mm -hmm. martyr. Right. Um, and, and, uh, uh, was it, was it Rogers and was it Ridley? Am, am I thinking of one who, no, no. Who was it? You're thinking Latimer. of Latimer, Latimer and Ridley. Hugh Latimer yeah, yeah. and Nicholas yes. Ridley. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, encouraging one another. You think of you think of John uh, John Huss, who who was singing so, singing the Psalms as he's being set ablaze. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, you touched on on John Rogers. John Rogers actually, uh, William Tyndale, right? He was he was one of the ones who wanted to translate the Bible into English from the actual Greek and the Hebrew. Okay, I and, got that wrong. It was and, Tyndale who was set on fire in the gunpowder. Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry. Okay. But uh, but he Tyndale was put to death. John Rogers took Tyndale's work, finished it under what was called the Matthews Bible, and actually later became um, a foundation for the King James Bible. Uh, but but Rogers was was martyred as well under under Bloody Mary um, for being a Protestant. Uh, but I'm also 
drawn to John Knox. Now, now, in order to understand John Knox, we need to back up a little bit because we need to back up to Scotland and a preacher by the name of Patrick Hamilton. Patrick Hamilton was a, uh, he, he would go out into the public square and he would preach. Well, he was captured, he was martyred, and then the mantle fell to a man named George Wishart. George Wishart uh, took the place of Patrick Hamilton to go out, boldly proclaim the truth uh, in a land that was predominantly Roman Catholic. And he had a guard that carried a two-handed Scottish claymore that would walk back and forth while he was preaching, uh, keeping people at bay. That guard was John Knox. And while... The, when the day came for George Wishart to be captured, seized, uh, and, and, and taken away to ultimately be put to death, uh, John Knox came to his defense, and Wishart says, one sacrifice is enough. So this is a man that was ready to die. Well, it's not long after that that uh, John Knox is called into the ministry. Um, an interesting story, he's... Uh, he, he was sitting on the, I believe the front row. Um, and the preacher that was preaching pointed at him and said, and told him he was going to be a preacher. And then he got up and he ran to his room where yeah. he cried all yeah. night because yeah. he knew the weight of what that meant. So John Knox is, he's headed into the ministry, uh, and he's captured. Uh, he is a, a slave on a ship and you want to talk about courage man so what would happen is for mass they would bring all the slaves on onto the deck and they would pass out communion and you know you'd have to say a prayer to mary and 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 do mass uh on on the deck of this ship and they would pass around this picture john knox took the picture and threw it overboard and said and said let your let your idol save herself um (laughs) but he uh so he ends up, to make a long story short, he ends up uh, by God's providence in Calvin's Geneva, where he learns, uh, you know, kind of the basics of theology. He attends yeah. Calvin's Bible College, um, which, interestingly enough, everything you had to do in Calvin's College, you had to be able to write Latin, read Latin, preach in Latin, read Greek, read Hebrew. Um, amazing uh well he takes everything that he learns in in geneva and he takes it back to scotland to start the to begin the reformation in scotland and he becomes a feared man in scotland by mary queen of scots and it is said that mary queen of scots now at this time mary's reigning in scotland her her cousin elizabeth is queen of england it is said that Mary, Queen of Scots, feared the prayers of John Knox more than all the armies of England. But John Knox was summoned to the Queen's castle numerous times, and each time it got progressively more hostile to where John Knox would leave the castle after condemning her idols and reducing the queen to tears. You want to talk about courage and boldness. Go confront your ruling authority and condemn their idols and reduce them to tears without your head being lopped off. Yeah, Thomas Randall, uh, Thomas Randolph, excuse me, his letter to William Cecil concerning the preaching of John Knox in October of 1561. Here's what he said, quote, I assure you, The voice of one man is able in one hour to put more life into us than 500 trumpets continually blustering in our ears, Mm -hmm. period, close quote. Mm -hmm. I mean, John Knox would say things like this, quote, all worshiping, honoring, and or service invented by the brain of man in in the religion of God without his own express commandment is idolatry, Mm -hmm. period, close quote. That's right. Yeah. Knox... Knox is one of those guys who was, he was, he didn't give in to fear. He didn't give in to pressure. He didn't give in to intimidation. Uh, he didn't give in to temptation. He didn't seek the, uh, the easy way out. Uh, he, he welcomed the pain. Um, and, and, and those, those pre-reformers and reformers, 
um, you know, the Marian martyrs, um, they, they invited risk. That's, that's what they did. They didn't bow. They didn't capitulate um, to the world. They stood upon the commandments of God. Um, and and, and th- that's the principle they lived on, the conviction that every word out of the mouth of God through his word mm-hmm. uh, was absolute truth. Um, and and that, that, th- those are real men. That's right. Examples like that are, are real men. You know, I think about, um, gosh, even back up farther, man, uh, I think about Abraham. That was one thing, uh, one of the things that I started uh, kind of thinking about yesterday um, when we, when we kind of said we were going to do this. And you look at what Abraham uh, did uh, and what he was asked to do in, this, in the sacrifice of his son. And, um, uh, and, and, and read, read the account in Genesis 22, one through 18, go read that Genesis 22, one through 18. Um, and, and look at the courage that must have taken, right? The courage that it must have taken and the confidence and the obedience, um, that we find in scripture, uh, brother. And I, you know, I, I think about, uh, Hebrews 11, um, and, uh, you know, uh, Hebrews 11, starting in verse 32, it, it, the writer of Hebrews says, you know, after walking through and talking about these great men of faith, Abraham and Moses and uh, uh, all that, all that, that, that great hall of faith is what that chapter is known for. Um, but, but then the writer of Hebrews says, and what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, or, uh, of David and Samuel and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection and others were tortured, not accepting their release, so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in the deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised because God has provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us kind of gives context to that verse, right? When people try to take that one out so bad, that's right. (laughs) Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin, which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Hmm. Again, I know that these are big chunks of scripture, but context is important. Mm-hmm. And what an example, right? What, what a passage of scripture in reminding us, this is what courage looks like. You know, and, and of course, there's passages of scripture like this absolutely decimate Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, Todd White, and the prosperity gospel, because these were men considered that were strong, that had strong faith and look at what happened to them. So what, what you got? That's man? right. Now, you know, it's <clears throat> given the time that we live, you know, we can always, and we always try to measure things by the time that we're in, but if we would go back and we would look through history and we would look at those men that we just talked about right and we would see how they stood boldly and we look at who they stood against the movements that they stood against Mm. if we just take a step back and analyze and say okay who is standing on scripture 
and who is not? Who is actually having courage and who is giving ear to the culture? If you just stand back for a moment, evaluate church leaders, evaluate churches, evaluate people within the church walls, mm. who is most, who would you say, the, you, the listener that I'm talking to, who would you say in your church, if you can say anyone at all, mm. possesses courage like that, that stands boldly and goes against the tide? They don't just they don't just fall in line. They don't just go. Oh, you know what? Uh, every these people over here, they think we're a little too harsh. You know, maybe maybe I'm on social media a little too much, and I was a little, you know, that I hurt someone's feelings. I offended someone because you know I I stood on the on the truth of, of God um, when no one else would. You know, I'm sorry I did that. Um, I'm sorry I didn't say hashtag BLM. And that's another problem, right? Right now, what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of hashtag theology. We're seeing hashtag church, right? Mm. We're seeing, and this is what happens. This, this is what happens, okay? When you abandon grown-up church and you replace it with adult youth group, that's what happens. That's what happens when you, when you take the man out of the pulpit and you replace it with the really hip youth leader that says everything the way everyone wants to hear it. It sounds bold. It sounds tough. But it ultimately has no effect because it's not rooted and grounded in Scripture. You give me you give me a, a, a preacher or a pastor who uh, gives me the truth in context and has has a weak homiletical delivery over somebody who can deliver with passion and make it sound good and 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 inflect his voice at all the right times, but is spewing absolute nonsense. And I'll take I'll take the former versus the latter. That's right. Every day of the week, a, a, every right. time, That's absolutely right. every time. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, because I, I think back to, um, you know, I think back to a quote, uh, and I'm trying to find it real quick, uh, by Charles, ha uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, uh, the, the prince of preachers. Here it is. It says this, quote, um, and I'll, I'll explain where I'm reading this from in a second. Quote, far better for a man that he had never been born than that he should degrade a pulpit into a showbox to exhibit himself in period, close quote. And this picture in the yeah, background, you, you, actually, you sent me that. I did send day. it to you and I'm going to describe it right now. Um, uh, it's, it's a picture of Stephen Furtick holding a kettlebell, uh, quote unquote preaching. And the reason I put that in air quotes is because that's not what he's doing. I'm going to go as far and I'm going to be bold. And, and, I, and I do say this in love because there are people I know that listen to this podcast who listen to Elevation Music and like Elevation Church. I'm going to, ready? Here it comes. Three, two, one. He's a heretic. Period. He's a modalist. He's turning more and more into a modalist because one of his mentors is T.D. Jakes. Mm -hmm. And that's just one point of heresy. That, that, absolutely. That, that's just one. That's just one. Um, you know, uh, getting on Twitter, speaking of hashtag theology, getting on Twitter and telling people that you are enough is absolutely antithetical to the biblical message. Mm -hmm. If you're enough, why do you need the gospel? If you're That's enough, right. why do you need Jesus? You are the Savior. You are the God. That's the problem with hashtag theology. And amen and right on to exactly what you just said. Uh, or as my brother Daryl Harrison likes to say, bumper sticker theology. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, 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 just, it, it, it's the same thing. It's just, you know, absolutely. We, we've moved from, from bumper stickers now to everything's done by hashtag where before right. everything was done by bumper sticker. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's right. But the point is this, the point is, you know, have some courage, take courage, be strong, you know, to, uh, to the men out there, you know, I, again, I, I read this earlier, but that, that passage in, in first Corinthians 16 
is, is I, you know, it, it's kind of like when you read that, you can almost hear the Apostle Paul in, in the way that he would have said it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's writing to this Corinthian church. And remember, we've talked about this a ton on the podcast when talking about the letters written to the Corinthians. These were rebukes, especially 1 Corinthians. But he says in verse 13, be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men. Be strong. Let all you do be done in love. And so I, I actually love the, the tension between those two verses. It's like, look, act like a man. Mm-hmm. Stand up. Have some backbone. You know, be courageous. Don't, don't capitulate to the world and the culture because, because you think it's going to get you more likes, more tweets, more follows, uh, because you think it's going to put more butts in the seats. Well, so what? If you're not giving those butts in the seats and speaking to the hearts through the actual word of God and the whole counsel of God, you're doing nothing but building a crowd, not a congregation. That's right. And, you know, Dr. Lawson says often, he says, most men are concerned with filling the building, but they never fill the pulpit. Absolutely. And and so that means not burying your head in the sand. That means not ignoring what's going on in the world around you. You know, I I, I tweeted out uh, a couple days ago, uh, just an, and the point of this tweet was not to garner uh, or, 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 or gather likes. Um, But, but I I said this, I said, I just, I just want to take a moment and thank those who are committed to using their platforms on social media to shepherd those who follow them. Um, because whether we want to admit it or not, and I've actually heard a pastor say this, that he just hates social media. Well, okay, but you have to know that your people are on there. Mm -hmm. So why would you not use the platform and redeem the platform? And the reason he said that is because he doesn't like getting into arguments. Well, great. Don't just post the scriptures and let the Bible speak for itself, uncage the lion and get out of the way. But I just said, hey, I just want to thank these men, men like Daryl Harrison, Virgil Walker, Dustin Binge, Nate Pickowitz, Tom Askell, Tom Buck. Phil Johnson, Costi Hinn, uh, uh, Samuel Say, uh, Gabe Hughes, Brandon Scalf, you know, and the list could go on and on and on. But these are men who constantly stand up for the truth and 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 go against the grain, but of of the society and the culture because they're standing on the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. And 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 these are men who are strong. These are men who are uncompromising and bold and principled. And, and, and this is the role that men especially are meant to play in society. Because, because oh, I, and, and I tweeted this earlier today, but it's, and, it, and it's from that same sermon by Dr. MacArthur. Um, uh, excellent sermon. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't listened to it, you need to. He said this, quote, no culture will ever rise above the character of its men, colon, fathers. Mm-hmm. And now if you want to avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. You know, Aristotle said that. Um, fine, great, but have some courage. You can do so in love. You, 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 you don't have to, well, I can't say anything because it's going to come across unloving. You know, I think about Ben Shapiro, right? Ben Shapiro asking Dr. John MacArthur, are you ever afraid about offending someone? He's like, no, I'm an equal opportunity offender. The truth offends. The, truth of script, the truths of Scripture, if they're not offending us at some point, there's a problem. Right. They should offend us. They should fly in the face of our pride and our sin. And, and so, yeah, we need to stand up and, 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 and take courage, uh, knowing that, you know, if God, Romans 8.31 is a song, uh, a song. I mean, yes, it is a song, <laughs> but it's a passage of Scripture that we have to remember that if our God is for us, then who can be against us? Mm-hmm. But we also have to ask the question, if we are not going to stand and be courageous and speak the truth and affirm our Lord Jesus Christ and his completely inerrant, infallible, and sufficient word, then that's a scary place to be. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, now let's bring this really home to our culture, and especially as we start to wrap up. Um, yeah, and I have, before we do that, I do, I do have uh, just one more little section to walk through uh about about another area of courage right when you get done with that before we end and it's it, and i think it'll be a good place to end but going go okay um so sorry <laughs> so we have uh right now states in, in our country where it mayors mayors of cities in these states 
and maybe I think I think some governors of these states as well are trying to say that people cannot attend church. Uh, I know the mayor of Chicago before all the all of the rioting took place before George Floyd. If you were even in a church parking lot, you were going to get a ticket. Uh, you couldn't be in your car in a church parking lot tuning into to a service somewhere uh, there. You were going to get a ticket. Uh, so we it, recently in California, they tried to say you can't sing uh, because that's going to that's going to spread COVID-19 yet completely silent about uh, the possibility of spreading COVID during protests right. and riots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we see that disconnect. But now what is the church supposed to do? Are we just supposed to sit back and, and pull out our Romans 13 uh, passages every time the state says something? Because the truth is those, those, those men in the Bible in the New Testament that were being persecuted, Paul, John, they weren't being persecuted just because of their allegiance to Christ. Right. They were viewed as enemies of the state because they went against what the state told them to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, uh, if if you're a pastor out there, or you're going to a church where uh, you're you're you know pray 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 for your pastors and leaders. Mm-hmm. This is such a hard a hard time, um, you know, to 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 walk through and to try to discern. Um, you know, I, I think I think for the most part, it has reached a point to where um, you know it, it it's moved into kind of an Acts four and five kind of deal instead of a Romans thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to where it's, especially in states like California. And I was so encouraged. Uh, I've been, let me just say this and, and everybody knows this about me. Yeah, they do. You know what I'm about I don't to even say. know what you're, no, mean, no, no, no. Yeah, you, do. Say, but, <laughs> but you don't even have to say it. And I know what you're well, going to say. You know, I, I'll say I'm thankful for the courage of, of the, of, and the example of men like Phil Johnson and John MacArthur and Daryl Harrison, uh, Patrick Cho, Carl Hargrove, the elders of Grace Community Church, because throughout this whole thing, they have shown an, a massive amount of courage, you know, from when uh, initially COVID happened, they, th- they sought scripture and spent a ton of time praying and mulling over what they should do. And they, they really just, again, are they, they're sinners, just like the rest of us. Um, they are, they are flawed, just like the rest of us, but, but I'm thankful for their example because they've shown courage. They've, they've been getting on both sides of the fence. Um, so, but what, anyway, what, what I wanted to kind of wrap up with, um, you know, we've talked about courage in the face of, uh, when enemies are against you, right? Scriptures, uh, full of scripture, uh, of, of passages, uh, encouraging and commanding that. Uh, but something else I want us to notice in scripture, um, and uh, I referenced it already in John 16, 33, right? These things I've spoken to you so that in me, you may have peace. Uh, in the world, you you have tribulation. And uh, in other translations, it says you will have trouble. You will have trials of many kinds, but take courage, take heart, be of good cheer, that's what that literally translates into is be of good courage, be brave, be of good cheer. Uh, I've overcome the world. Um, and, and there are some other places that you see Jesus himself in, uh, uh, giving this admonishment. You know, in Matthew 9, 2, and, within, and, and Mark 6 as well, we see the story of the paralytic, right, who is, is Jesus was teaching and his friends were trying to get the, the, this man in to see Jesus. He was sick. He's on a pallet. Um, they, they, they brought him in, right? Matthew 9, 2, and I love this. Check this out. I, I want to see if you notice what he says first. I just gave it away. <laughs> it says, and they brought him, they brought to him, that being Jesus, a paralytic lying on, the, on a bed. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, take courage, son. And I just want to stop there for a second. Listen to those words. Take courage, son. And if that doesn't stir your emotions, uh, sincerely do a heart check. And then he says, your sins are forgiven. 
And, and later on in Matthew chapter 9, we see other miracles and healings. And starting in verse 20, it says this, And a woman who had been suffering from, from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will get well. But Jesus turning and seeing her said, and again, listen to these words, daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. At once the woman was made well. In the story of, of Jesus walking on the water, right? Notice the command given to the disciples as he's walking on the water during a storm. It says in Matthew 14, 27, but immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. In Mark chapter 10, we, we, we see this. It says that, that they came to Jericho. And, and as he was leaving Jericho with the disciples and a large cloud, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, excuse me, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus, the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him here. So they called the blind man saying to him, take courage, stand up. He is calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus, and answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. So in each of these examples, there's just three, just three, uh, four, excuse me, examples of, uh, of, of, of Jesus doing uh, works, miracles, signs, and wonders. And remember, that's not why he came. He came to preach the gospel, to repent. He came to be the sacrifice that we needed. He came to bridge the gap between us and God because of our sin and our depravity. But look at, look at how he encouraged those people. Look at the things that he said, take courage, son. Daughter, take courage. His disciples saying to, 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 to the blind man, take courage, stand up. He's calling for you. So in the face of impossible situations, in the face of sickness, in the face of death, in the face of loss of job, in the face of loss of family, whatever your, your situation and circumstances are, know that that is Jesus's message to us as well. Take courage. We have to be strong. And why? Because we're told in Ephesians 6, who do we do battle against? Finally, Ephesians 6, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Our, our struggle is against our own lusts and our own sin. James 1, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Regardless of what we face in this world, because of our, because of our sins of commission, or omission, or the sins or injustice of others, the command is the same. Take courage. Be strong. Act like men. That's all I got, man. Amen. I think that is a good place to wrap up this episode. So we want to encourage you, take courage. Especially men, act like men. You know, and I will, I will kind of throw this out as my, my final thought that we see, and it's kind of been a trend for a while. We see women having more courage than men. We see, sometimes we even see pastor's wives having more pastoral fortitude than the pastors themselves. 
we need now now that's not saying women shouldn't have courage right right i I actually i believe women should have courage as well but i also think the men need to step up and start being men we have neutered ourselves for far too long sat on our hands waiting for someone else to step up and do the work be men be bold stand upon god's word and proclaim his truth regardless of what that costs you amen and with that we're going to get out of here see you guys later see you